you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and a lifelong Missouri Tigers football and basketball fan. And today on Locked On Mizzou, we've got tons to talk about, including a brand new member of the 2021 Missouri Tiger basketball recruiting class, and also more sound bites from Eli Drinkwitz, including for the second day in a row, got a little awkward between Eli and a certain Missouri reporter. But first, let's just start it off by first letting you know that this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On for $10 off your next order. And in very recent news, in fact, news that broke about an hour or so from Dave Matter's Twitter account, Dave reports that Missouri has announced that former All-American basketball player and also a guy whose jersey was recently retired and lifted to the rafters of Mizzou Arena, Mr. John Brown has donated $1 million. Yes, that's right, $1 million to the athletic department. That's a heck of a gift. And you know what? We've even got a a quote from Mr. Brown here. He says, quote, The University of Missouri means so much to me. And that coupled with my strong relationship with Coach Norm Stewart, I just felt strongly it was time to make a commitment to my alma mater. We are living through difficult times, and Mizzou, like schools around the nation, is facing unprecedented hardship. If you've been fortunate enough to have a financial situation that allows you to do so, now is the time to give back. Well, I certainly echo those words from the great John Brown, and also just a big fat thank you from me and all Missouri fans and everybody affiliated with Mizzou, obviously, for this $1 million gift to the athletic department. Obviously a very generous gift from a quite successful guy and a heck of a man. And in fact, well, you know what? I just remembered something. I think my mother, believe it or not, when she was in college, actually hosted John Brown was sort of her host slash date for his recruiting trip. Well, don't worry. Nothing, nothing untoward happened. My mother ended up marrying my father. It's all good. Nothing strange happened. (laughs) Mom's probably wanting to choke me right now if she's hearing this. But seriously, John Brown, pretty sure he had a girlfriend back home. Nothing weird happened. He was a shy guy, but a good kid, a good kid, and obviously grew up into a good man. So thank you once again to Mr. John Brown. And by the way, speaking of recently breaking college basketball news, well, Jeff Goodman reports that The Atlantic Coast Conference, their coaches are getting ready to propose an all-inclusive NCAA tournament. And what does that mean? Well, that means that literally any school in Division I college basketball that is able to field a team this year that chooses to still move on with college hoops this coming winter and fall, well, you'll be eligible for the tournament. That seems uh, rather bizarre to me, and what a, what a strange thing to do. And frankly, 
My buddy Pat Lynch Sports over on Twitter, you should definitely give him a follow. But I echo what he was saying. Basically, this is a non-starter to me if you can have a regular season because all this would do is just totally bastardize the entire regular season. Now, one could argue that the 64 to 68 field tournament that we've had for the last, you know, however long it's been, 30-some-odd years plus, perhaps that's bastardized the regular season. Okay, sure, but it's also a multi-billion dollar event that, frankly, buoys the entire sport and, and some of just NCAA, a large part of NCAA athletics in general. But oftentimes... Less is more, and in this case, I just think adding way more games to the tournament actually waters down the entire experience because sort of like to me, that opening Sunday of NFL football is really special, and I don't want that to get watered down too much. Well, I feel the same way about that opening Thursday of the NCAA tournament. Now, the play-in games, have they maybe lessened that to a tiny extent? Yeah, it has, but for the most part, that first Thursday and the Friday of two, of course, really the entire four-day weekend, if you will, is still very much a special event. And I'd just be worried that the more you expand the tournament, the more you lessen that special event feel. And that's something that I think is really important to all of sports from just a marketing perspective. And frankly, if we're just going to have some giant tournament where everyone in Division One is eligible, well, wait a second. Isn't that what conference tournaments are for? Don't we kind of already have that system? I mean, if you win your way through the ACC or the SEC, the Big 12, whatever it might be, from the bottom of your league from 14th place, well, technically you're still eligible from the, for the NCAA tournament then via your conference tournaments. I'm just not that into this idea, as you can tell. Especially to me, in a world where college basketball might really have a stage that it hasn't for a very long time this regular season. Because think about it. We have all these sports simultaneously happening right now. Other than the NFL, once November and December crawls around, it's going to be all college basketball. Now, I say only the NFL. Well, obviously the NFL is the big behemoth here. I'm not saying college basketball is going to suddenly start competing with the NFL. What I'm saying is the NBA, for how late it's going in this season, it's clearly not going to start when it usually does. I'd say Christmas is probably a more realistic starting point for the NBA. I'd say it best, quite honestly. So if that's done... If the NBA is not happening, if baseball is not happening, if, if various other sports are maybe pushed back, reconfigured, but mostly just it's really about the NBA. The people who want their basketball fix, well, they're, not, they're only going to be able to get it with college basketball for a while. And people are going to want sports in between those NFL Sundays. So to me, this is a special moment, an important moment for college basketball that they can seize And to me, they'll undermine the entire thing unless they're planning on, what, running this tournament starting in December or something? That would seem to be way, 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 way (laughs) too far out there in left field, even for this idea. So I don't see anything like that happening. And coming up, I do want to give you my breakdown 
of new Mizzou basketball commit Trayvon Brazil from Springfield, Missouri. But first, more about our presenting sponsor, Built Bar. And listen, obviously, I love the fact that Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, but also high-protein and high in fiber because they're great for, well, what I try to stick to a mostly keto diet. That's just me. But i got to be honest, my absolute favorite thing is the taste. And with six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, everything you could possibly imagine, quite frankly. No matter what your taste buds desire, no matter what your sweet tooth is trying to scrape on off of you, well, Build Bar has got it just for you. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON. That's one word, LOCKEDON, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Well, Missouri has become a bit of a custom under Conzo Martin. Picked up another surprise commit out of virtually nowhere, this time from Trayvon Brazil from Springfield, Missouri. You know, he's been a guy who's been a rising player for sure, and none of that is, well, probably the biggest reason I should say for that would be his growth spurt. He seems like a classic, and this is being said all over the internet about Mr. Brazil, he's sort of your classic late bloomer. And in fact, to some extent, he's such a physical late bloomer that originally he strongly considered reclassifying to the 2022 class and doing a year at prep school. But as of this moment, he is inspected to enroll at Missouri as a part of the 2021 class. But there is some talk that maybe a red shirt is not totally out of the question. Maybe he takes the Parker Braun path. But when it comes to this kid, I wouldn't imagine Parker Braun, or Brown, I guess it is, isn't it? It's Parker Brown, excuse me. But don't imagine him when it comes to skill set. This kid is much more of a, a leaper wing type player, a long, really long athletic wing type player. I'd say he's a good leaper, not like a super great explosive type player, but definitely a very good leaper. But with his wingspan, I think he's got tremendous defensive upside to steal a Jay Billis phrase. But honestly, I think my favorite thing about this addition, along with Sean Duru Gordon, the guy that Missouri recently picked up, is that finally Missouri may be really embracing the big guard U philosophy. And obviously Missouri struggled to shoot the ball terribly last season. We all know that. And we struggled to just score the ball in general. But to me, the lowest, sort of a more low-key problem with the last two years of Conzo Martin basketball is we've just really lacked explosive athleticism. and Also, just generally, we've lacked size on the wings. And that's something that almost everybody in the league, as in the SEC, has in spades, quite honestly. That's something I've always noticed about this league especially since Missouri's been in it, is just the level of explosion on the wings and just overall size. Makes it really hard to finish at the rim with a layup, as I've said several times, when you're playing below the rim against a bunch of above-the-rim players. So I think this Trayvon Brazil kid, along with Sean Duru-Gordon, I think that takes Missouri's 
athleticism up a notch, and I think that's a good sign. Now, he's listed at about 6'7", 6'8", depending on where you look, also at 180 pounds. So, obviously, the first take is, well, he's got a, he's too skinny, he needs to get in the weight room. Yeah, no kidding. We, we're all aware of that. And frankly, I'm a little bit tired of, of that obvious take on anybody who is looking a little bit skinny coming out of high school, for crying out loud. Weren't we all a little bit skinny in high school? I think he's just going to naturally fill out. Again, the kid's a bit of a late bloomer, so let's not overanalyze that. But the one thing I, I did analyze a bit was his jump shot. And while it's sort of he's got a smooth release, and I think his actual release point where the shot ends up is not bad. But he definitely starts it from too low, from too low of a spot. And that could end up being a problem, but also, again, something that can possibly be fixed, too, by with just a little bit of coaching. That's not that gigantic of an adjustment to think, oh, he can't possibly. Like, his shot is not so weird that I don't think it's fixable, is what I'm saying. And you certainly see in his huddle highlights He's definitely a great shot blocker for a wing-type player. He also loves cutting baseline, backdoor, catching lobs, throwing down dunks, several putback-type jams, too. Frankly, I'm also wondering, he might not even be finished growing, either. How much taller could this kid get? Could he get to 6'10", or so? Because if he can and stay at that size, Missouri might well have found a diamond in the rough here because, you know, they were the first high major to offer him, and he accepted, I think, within about four hours or something like that. He accepted the offer and said on Twitter that he's 110% committed. So that'll be interested to see if that ends up being the case because I've heard Virginia and uh, Kansas, among others, has kicked the tires on this kid a bit. So he's definitely starting to get some high major interest even from some blue bloods like, again, Virginia and KU. So we'll see what happens with old Trayvon Brazil. But like Anton Berkshire, another Springfield recruit for this class, I'm feeling fairly optimistic. Not as optimistic as I am with Berkshire, quite frankly, but I like this kid's fit with the Missouri defense. And coming up, just a few bites following football practice on Tuesday with Eli Drinkwitz. Well, Missouri has had a few guys out with COVID-19 having tested positive in practice, and apparently some of the men that were affected by this were along the offensive line. And clearly Missouri has enough question marks already without having to deal with positive cases popping up in that particular position group. Also, Hyron White, excuse me, Hyron White has a bit of an injured shoulder and is expected to be out for at least another week or so. And in light of all that, Eli was asked how he's feeling about the offensive line at this moment. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're you know, we're, we're really solid on the right side with Larry and Case and Michael Mayetti at center. It's just the left side has just had a lot of different, you know, pieces with it, uh, with Hiron's injury, with, uh, you know, Zeke being in and out with some nagging injuries. Uh, Bobby Lawrence has taken uh, quite a few reps at left tackle and the left guard position. Um, you know, Xavier Delgado has really been the guy, um, um, but, you know, things have, have kept him from being consistently in that position. And so there's other guys that are needing to step up and, and, um, you know, we're still trying to figure out who that, that group of five is going to be. 
So as of today, it sounds like that group of five will be Michael Maietti, the Rutgers transfer at center, Case Cook at right guard, who was named one of the team's captains, and also Larry Borum at, at right tackle. Like he said, the right side much more settled than the left side, but as of now, it looks like Xavier Delgado would start at left guard with Bobby Lawrence filling filling the group of five out at left tackle. So that's your offensive line as of now, assuming Hiron White doesn't play. He's out with a shoulder injury for now. Unclear if he'll be available against the Crimson Tide or not. But one thing that is clear to me after listening to the last two Eli press conferences is I love a good awkward press conference moment. And by golly, if Peter Ball of The Athletic didn't have two in a row. Yes, that's right. In consecutive days, he got the Bill Belichick treatment from Eli Drinkwitz. So lest you think this guy is all smiles and shaking babies. Shaking babies. Did I just say that? (laughs) No. Shaking hands and kissing babies. Not shaking babies. That's terrible. Please don't do that. But seriously, though, a great awkward moment between I believe another Mizzou mafioso like myself, Peter Baugh at The Athletic. Well, it turns out Eli likes specific questions and not vague questions. So, you know what, just for the fun of it, just so we can hear Peter die on the vine a little bit, let's hear the first question he asked after Saturday's scrimmage. Yeah, Eli, I was wondering, how are you feeling about your tight end situation right now? Yeah, I mean, feel good. Any reason oh, why ahead. you feel good? Oh, go ahead. Huh? Peter, go ahead. Like any players or reason why you feel good? Yeah, I mean, we got five tight ends. They all rotate very well. They know their assignments. They play hard. I mean, yeah, I feel good about it. Oh. Is there a specific – I mean, if there's a specific deal, I'll answer it. But I don't – just in general, yeah, I feel good. Yeah, yeah I was just curious. Okay. Wow, I think Peter might have shaken a baby to get out of that awkward situation. I think you could have driven a Mack truck through that pregnant pause. That was really fun, but you know what? That's okay. He's a young reporter. We all make mistakes. I've been there, buddy. I get it. Surely, for a second day in a row, Peter couldn't have possibly asked Eli what he would think is an overly vague question again, could he? Yeah, Eli, I was just wondering, what's, uh, what do you think the ceiling is for the safety duo of Ty- Tyree Gillespie and uh, Josh Bledsoe? I have no idea. I uh, guess high. Okay. Sweetie, go ahead. Oh, man. That one was somehow even better than the first day. I just knew when I was listening to that question back, I was going, oh, no, he is not going to like this question. What do you think their ceiling is, pal? Well, uh, hi, I guess. That was fantastic. I'm sorry, maybe I'm the only one who enjoyed that, but I really love a good awkward moment. Maybe that says something more about my personality than certainly says anything bad about Peter Baugh, who's a fine reporter, and he's going to have a good career ahead of him. I just had to have a little fun with that. So sue me. So with that silliness out of the way, Tune in next time on Locked on Mizzou, where we'll find out if Peter Baugh goes for the hat trick. Thanks for joining me. Please tell a friend, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, all that good stuff. See you all later.